and the software does this for you under the covers. It determines the relationship between training load and your, and your threshold, as an example. It does that under the covers. When you then say, I'm going to do all this training, and this training equates to so much training against your, your threshold power, it then says, oh, we expect your threshold power to go up by 5 watts as a result of that training. That Triathlon Show, episode 86. Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and today's episode is a real doozy for anybody training with power on the bike or on the run and who wants to maximize the use that and the benefits that you can get out of it. So I'm joined, joined by two guests today, Armando Mastracci and Stephen Chung. Armando is the founder and CEO, and Stephen is the chief sports scientist of Baron Biosystems. And they're more known for the name of their product, which is Exert, which is spelled X-E-R-T, so you skip the E in uh, the word exert, the way that it's commonly spelled. And it's a training and analysis software that takes use of uh, power data to the next level in both training and fitness analysis, as well as in training planning and fitness prediction, and also real-time training and racing. And I've been using this platform by the time of this recording for uh, just over a month or so, and I'm still just scratching the surface, to be honest, but I'm super impressed and excited about the opportunities that Exert presents. So some of the things that we discussed today and, and that you'll learn about that are key features of Exert include maximum power available, or MPA, and it's used in real time as well as training planning. And uh, moving away from training zones and towards the use of concepts like focus and strain when it comes to analyzing and planning your training. We'll also talk fitness signatures and moving away from the need of formal testing like FTP tests and how you can plan your training and your workouts to precisely predict your fitness changes that you will see if you do that training. And that is uh, one of the things, but also there are other things going into the new thing that the new feature of Exert, which is the adaptive training advisor that we'll also talk about. But first, a word from our sponsor, Precision Hydration. If you haven't already heard Andy Blow, who is the founder of Precision Hydration, on episode 49 of this podcast, go back and listen to it. It's one of the most well-received episodes we've had on the podcast so far. We discussed hydration, electrolytes and cramping, and one of the key takeaways from it is how electrolyte loss varies so much from individual to individual. Some may lose 200 milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat, and some can lose even over 2,000 milligrams per liter. And then we take into account how sweat rates vary. It's uh, mind-blowing how big a variation you can get in sodium loss. And go and take Precision Hydration's free quick online sweat test on precisionhydration.com to find out roughly where you stack up with very, very precise data for the quickness of this and simplicity of this test. And if you want to buy their products, use the discount code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, for 15% off. All right, today's interview is uh, pretty long, uh, but it's worth it. We needed to go, go into these details to really make it clear for you, and the show notes will make it even clearer. And I've actually already introduced Stephen Chung in episodes 74 and 75, 
which is called Cycling Science and Myth Busting Parts 1 and 2. And I highly recommend that you go and listen to those after listening to this one. And uh, Armando is, as I said, the founder of Baron Biosystems. He is a cyclist and an engineer. And he lives in Toronto, which is where Baron Biosystems and Exert is operated from. So let's just dive right in and listen to this interview. On today's episode of That Triathlon Show, I welcome back Stephen Chang, and I also welcome Armando Mastracci. I should have asked you how you pronounce your last name, because I'm not quite sure, but did I get that right, Armando? That's perfect, Mastracci. Exactly right. Okay, brilliant. And uh, we are going to talk about Exert, which is uh, an online platform for uh, cycling, but also triathlon in general, and uh, just training analysis, and uh, how do you want to describe Exert really in uh, a few quick sentences? Yeah, that's that's about it. You know, we're we're a complete training and uh, data analytics platform, right? We're really catering to our cyclists and runners and anybody who's training with power. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a web-based tool, but then we also have apps for Garmin and Android, and uh, soon we'll have an iOS app uh, out as well. And these are apps that can be used both for training as well as racing. Yeah, and you have some very innovative uh, algorithms and mo- models that we'll get into a bit, and not the algorithms themselves, but what you can get out of them, and mm-hmm. that you are the one who developed them to start with. Is that right? Yeah. So um, you know, these algorithms have been in sort of uh, uh, the research and analysis phase for now, uh, close to six or seven years. So yeah. I originally uh, initiated when we started analyzing. Uh, heart rate data. So our sort of uh, heritage is the analysis of heart rate data. Um, But since then, we've kind of moved into uh, pure power-based training as it stands at the moment. Yeah. And Stephen, your role with Exert is uh, as chief sports scientist. Uh, Do you want to go into a little bit about what what you're doing, what you have been doing since since coming on and, uh, and what you are focusing on now going forward in that role? Yeah, well, I guess Armando first contacted me back in early 2016, and we got to talking about some of the ideas that he had and the initial kind of versions of Exert as it was then. And and I just started using it, and I found it really intriguing. I found it quite a different way of modeling performance compared to the um, compared to the existing models to really be data driven and to have that real time analysis. I tried it in some of my races and could really see how that real time modeling of fatigue was a a benefit both in seeing what I was doing at that very time and also the afterwards analysis. And so over the past year, Armando and I have been talking a lot and then This past uh, July, I decided to come on board as a chief sports scientist, both to help Armando further his models, obviously, and then to start spreading the word through academically. And ideally, to as we proceed, we'll be doing science based on the data that is there to really validate our models further and and really uh, see where we can push exert. Do you have any validation studies that are already ongoing or scheduled, or is it still in the early planning stages? It's still somewhat in the early planning stages, but we have a lot of ideas on 
both uh, validating the, especially our kind of that MPA model. And it's slightly different And Armando can go into more specifics about how it's different from some of the, um, the models out there now, namely the critical power and the W prime models. And um, so we want to look at that. We want to look at the whole correlation of the different decay models of how fitness uh, rises and decreases over time with the training. And uh, yeah, so there's a number of things that we're looking at down the line. So let's get into into that from the ground level. You mentioned MPA, which is maximum power available. That's one of the unique aspects of your your model. Mm-hmm. And you have other things as well. So yeah, just Armando, what, what makes Exert different? What different things compared to other uh, analysis tools and platforms do you have in your model? Yeah, so um, as Stephen was mentioning, you know, the at, at the core of our system is our ability to uh, model your available power. So when you start to look at your training and your performances from the, from the perspective of how much power do I have, how much power am I able to produce? Um, and when you start to model this, this power, you can start to also model aspects of strain because the amount of power you can generate and how much, the amount of power that you do perform or you produce is relative to how much power that you have. So what, what this has enabled us to do is to model not only your intermittent fatigue and MPA, how much power you have moment by moment, but we're also modeling how much strain are you generating on the body moment by moment. And when you aggregate... Can, can, you, explain, can, you, can, you, can you explain MPA in a, in a simple example, just to make it clear for everybody listening? Uh, what, what would that look like if you go out for a ride? Well, you know, I think everyone knows MPA. Right, it's it's this most it's the most universal concept in exercise. You know, let's assume that they don't. Okay, <laughs> because right. I'm not quite sure. Sure. Well, you know, it, it, what happens is when you perform any kind of exercise, you weaken, right? And so, as you weaken, your ability to generate power is, is reduced, right? And all we've managed to do is manage to actually identify whole well, how much power, how much has your available power reduced as you fatigue, right? So we know that. If you were to do, let's say, a five-minute effort, and the five-minute effort is at 400 watts or whatever it is, we know that at the end of the five minutes, if you were to try and produce 400 watts, you wouldn't be able to, right? So 400 watts would be your maximal available power after the five minutes. If you could continue to produce 400 watts, well, then, you know, that wouldn't be your five-minute power. It would be something higher than that. So we would we kind of know inherently that when we're performing any kind of effort that our power is going to be reduced over as we fatigue. And so what we've done is we've matched, we've been able to identify what that power is applied intermittently. So we kind of know where your power is as you're riding your bike uh, or as you're running. And as a result, being able to now perform all these other um, uh, um, uh, calculations based upon that, such as how much strain are you generating um, and how much overall work are you performing relative to your MPA. So MPA is a really a way to kind of identify how much power you have, and it is the foundation on which your power curve is derived, and it's also the foundation that, de- that determines how much power you can produce at any given moment time during exercise. Yeah. So what we're doing with that, Michael, is as an example in real life, let's say MPA is pegged to the maximal power that you can generate, you know, kind of when you're completely fresh. So let's say 
if I'm just starting out and I'm completely fresh and I do an all out sprint and my maximum wattage is a thousand watts, well, that's your MPA there. And then it will drain as you fatigue. So as an example, like Armando says, let's say you, you do this 400 watt uh, effort, which is really, really hard for five minutes. Now we intuitively know this, that the first 30 seconds of that five minutes seems quite easy to do 400 watts. Now the strain on your body is a lot worse in that last 30 seconds of that five minutes. So what, what MPA will see is that you may start out with a thousand watts that you're capable of, but after five minutes of riding at 400 watts, you simply can't generate a thousand watts because you are tired. So at that point, your MPA may be down to 600 watts, 400 watts. So that MPA is saying at that moment in time, what is my maximum power that I can still generate? And so we are able to model that in real time and, and doing that tells you a lot about really what you're capable of. And we feel it's a real advance on existing systems. So yeah, it's a, it's a, the simplest way to look at it is what is the maximum power that I can generate at any point in time. And the more fatigued you are at the end of a long interval, the lower that's going to be. Yeah, and uh, for anybody who missed it, MPA is a maximum power available. So, so that term explains it pretty well. And we were talking, uh, Armando, with Stephen before mm -hmm. you you joined us in the in the pre-interview chat about. Uh, I was looking at uh, an old FTP test from the summer that I did a twenty-minute test, and and uh, obviously I didn't use ex use Exert back then, but my my workouts have been accumulating in Exert now, and I can look back at what my model looked like at that point in time. And in that, when I looked at that FTP test, I saw my, my maximum power available drop from whatever it was at its highest at, when I was fresh at the start of that 20-minute test. Uh, to, and it was dropping gradually, linearly, all the time because I was holding a constant power at, uh, I believe, something like 315 watts. And then just when the 20 minutes was up, it was... Uh, it got down to that 315 and uh, yeah i was talking about how i was impressed when i saw that because i felt that that was really an all-out effort and that in uh, anecdotally for me at least kind of validated that this model works because i couldn't have given it anything more in that uh, after those 20 minutes at that power i would my power would have dropped uh, definitely and, so, and so that's another example and that's a really good tool too especially for triathletes it's uh, in terms of using that MPA in real life and the fact that we have uh, the ability to see MPA in real time on the Garmin uh, head units that it's perfect for pacing for a time trial because like you say, what you want is at the end of a time trial that you are um, you know, at the point of fatigue. And so you can see in real time, you don't, you, you want that MPA to be gradually dropping throughout your time trial. And, uh, and then really near the end is when you approach fatigue. So that's a perfect use for, uh, for both after the fact analysis to see whether you did pace properly and also to do it in real time as you are riding to see whether you are um, kind of pacing yourself properly by looking at the MPA and the other, yeah, the other really uh, nice use of it is 
to see uh, whether, for example, as a coach, you can see whether your athletes, if you prescribe to them a certain number of intervals and you, you say, I want you to really be doing them as hard as you can. Well, after the fact, you as a coach can be seeing whether indeed they actually did do them as hard as they can, because if they did, the MPA would be dropping down to um, down to fatigue level, down to what their actual power is at the end of, let's say, that five-minute interval that you're prescribing. And just to go back to your point uh, before about the about you're doing a 20-minute test, well, one of the beauties of what exert can do is it really removes the need to do the systematic training of or testing of the five minute efforts of the 20 minute efforts to extract something like your FTP. Uh, what, what exert does is it can, it can draw out regardless of your effort, as long as it was hard enough, whether it's a interval session, whether it's a club race that you were participating in, uh, no matter kind of the nature of the ride, as long as it's hard enough, exert can extract your fitness signature from it. So it really removes the need for this systematic kind of testing because we know it's really hard for a lot of individuals to find a 20-minute stretch a road on a bike where it's safe there's no stop signs or anything like that and um yeah so that's another big benefit of exert it's that ability to extract your fitness from a variety of different efforts as long as they're sufficiently hard absolutely and i've done that i did that today actually i had a threshold uh, interval workout that i got from my coach five times five five minutes with 90 second recoveries and well, I haven't done any FTP test since that test back in back in August, so so I don't know exactly what my FTP is. Obviously, I I have been riding now since moving here to Lisbon, but I haven't got my trainer yet, so I haven't been able to do a test on the trainer. And there are no good twenty minute stretches of flat road here that I can do that test on. But what I did was I just went to exert, looked at my fitness signature, what does it model my FTP to be at, and then I took that as my target threshold, and it felt just right based on RPE that this is yeah th- this was my threshold and so yeah I've already used that and let's let's go into that fitness signature uh, calculation the fitness signature model that you have in exert so you can model the FTP but what what else goes into those fitness signatures yeah so the the fitness signature is really the way in which we can um, use your power data to derive how much power you have so your MPA gets determined when you take your um, power data and you apply the fitness signature. Now, the fitness signature, are, there are three parameters to the fitness signature. You have your threshold power, something that everyone is, is very familiar with. You have your peak power, which is really where does your power start from? So that would be your highest one-second power, as an example. And then you have what we term high-intensity energy. But you've also heard similar concepts such as W prime and FRC used for the amount of capacity that you have above your threshold. So every, every individual is different. Some people can hold uh, power above threshold a very long time, and some people can hold power above threshold a very short time. So those three numbers enable us to determine, yes, we can determine your power curve, you know, so we derive your power curve from these three numbers. But more importantly, these three numbers are deriving MPA. So, there you, so we, when we mix your, your fitness signature with your power data, 
we can plot your maximal power available second by second. And in the case of our analysis, if you ever surpass your MPA, what that's indicative of is that your fitness signature has improved. So one or more of those parameters have improved and the software allows you to kind of discover those improvements and to view and manage those improvements over time. Yeah, and the beauty is that this all gets updated every single workout. There is uh, an analysis of the workout, and and uh, if something needs to be updated, it, it is updated uh, automatically by the software. So it works like a charm. Uh, about that power curve, for anybody who's not familiar with it, that's just how much power you can hold. for. So you have your the time, the duration on the x-axis, and the power on the y-axis. So how much power can you hold for five seconds, uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, three hours, and so on. So so it's a DK curve, essentially, of, of how much power you can hold at, at each each duration, but obviously not just those those discrete points, but but it's a continuous curve that can be modeled. Uh, that that's what Armando was talking about there. Yes, you know, so everyone's done the twenty minute test or an eight minute test, for example, and so those would be, you know, how much how much power can you sustain for eight minutes? So you know, a lot of people will will do the sustained effort tests, and and they're often part of data generally infrequently, but, you know, sometimes you may see these efforts within regular ride data. Um, what what the signature is able to do is to say, well, even if you've never ever done a five-minute test before or an eight-minute test or a 20-minute test, we believe that your 20-minute power would be this much. And it's just, you know, the, 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 we see, you know, over and over that people are saying, yes, that's my 20 minute power. I've never tested it, but when I have, that's the number that I've received or that's the number that I've, that I've, that I've attained. So the signature is able to model what your capability is in terms of what you can perform. And that's how um, uh, we're able to kind of track your, your fitness changes on a, on a sort of very frequent basis. Yeah. And uh, so let's move on to the next question that I have. It's about your use of uh, strain and focus as uh, kind of Mm -hmm. the way that you determine what kind of work potentially needs to be done when you have your workouts as well. So can you talk about that a little bit, how you use strain and focus to, to, to basically guide training? Yeah, so that's this is really, uh, you know, um, one of the things we've discovered is that, um, you know, training and power, uh, if you just look at it purely from a zone perspective, one thing that the zones kind of miss is the context. So you don't really have a context, for example, if you're performing a zone four effort as to whether is it performed in a fatigue state or is it performed in a fresh state. You're just merely accumulating all the, all the time you've spent in a particular zone. And, you know, in the past, this has been very effective, you know, because it's really hard to kind of measure the kind of specifics that our software is, is measuring in terms of not only um, how much time you're spending in a particular zone, but under what condition are you spending that time? Mm. So what we've been able to do is to say, well, okay, well, if you're going to spend a zone for effort, what's the context? How much power do you have at that time? And if you have less power, well, the system automatically determines that you have additional strain. So rather than measuring how much time is spent in zones, we measure second by second strain. Okay, so we look at how much power you're generating, what is the influence of MPA to that power, and we then can identify the amount of strain that, that, that you're generating, um, and we can accumulate that strain. We can accumulate that strain 
because we've got three fitness signature parameters, we can also accumulate that strain, what we call work allocated, meaning that some of that strain is applying to your threshold, some of that strain is, is applying to your peak power, and some of that strain is applying to your high intensity energy. So the software aggregates, accumulates all this information as part of the software and presents that and, and manages that for you. Right? So the, the strain and the focus are ways in which the software can identify in aggregate over the course of a workout, what, where was your strain focused and how, um, how does that strain uh, kind of, uh, how, how can it be viewed uh, at, a gener at a higher general level? So Stephen, do you want to answer this uh, question? I want to dig a bit deeper into into focus. How how can that be used in? Let, let's take a practical example again of, of focus, if you if you can give us one. Sure. Um, you know, again, my main racing is cyclocross, and uh, so one of the and you're always told, and this is a coaching kind of mantra that you need to train to the specifics of that event, right? So the ideal is that you look at past performances or the performance you want to have and and then you build your training plan according to that. So one of the things we can do is I can look back on my previous seasons of cyclocross races, especially on some of the courses I've competed in before and look at those efforts and look at uh, what, what kind of effort is the most kind of uh, the best simulation. And in my case, uh, the courses that I ride and race is at about a, what, a five minute to six minute type of effort. So a five minute is, we call it a breakaway specialist, but uh, that's not saying that, that uh, your prime effort is to continuously do five minutes over of hard efforts over and over, but it is saying the focus of your effort should be as if you were this five minute uh, specialist, breakaway specialist. So now I can then design workouts that really target that same type of strain that I would experience and also the, uh, the same type of focus. Now, the really cool thing is in addition to you know, being an analytics tool, exert, we are also a, a training tool in terms of we can develop smart workouts that uh, really tax those exact same systems. So we can control smart trainers, just like uh, with other services like Trainer Roads, uh, Swift or whatever. But we can design these smart workouts so that they really target that exact kind of focus and the strain that you're going to be facing in that effort. So whether it is more of a 20-minute type effort, more of a five-minute type, you can go back and analyze your previous races and then design workouts that are really have that same metabolic kind of strain on your body. So that's that's certainly how I use it. I know my cross races are five-minute, six-minute kind of uh, efforts. So those are the workouts that I really target to uh, to optimize my training. So can you clarify that a little bit? Because this is one thing that I'm not quite clear on myself yet. Uh, so when you say that you you use you have your five minute efforts in your goal races, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily need to to use five minute efforts in training. But you do you want to accumulate the same amount of strain as that type of five minute effort would uh, would produce is that what you're saying mm -hmm. or did i misunderstand yeah armando maybe you can take that yeah, one yeah 
Yeah. So, so the, 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 the principle behind focus is that you're a, you, the work that you perform is being performed by, you know, some ratio of your three systems. So you're performing some of the work as your threshold, some of the work is your high intensity energy, and some of the work is your peak power. So for example, if you were to go out and do a full sprint, right, in a fresh state where you're over a thousand watts, well, that strain is being applied to your, your peak power. So if you were to do those efforts over and over and over, your focus would have, would be, you know, whatever, uh, uh, you know, 10-second power, 20-second power it would be your focus. Um, and if you're doing efforts just above threshold, for example, well, then that focus would be, you know, 20-minute power or 40-minute power. So because... Uh, things like cyclocross and other road races, you see a variety of, so you'll say sometimes your peak power efforts, sometimes you're doing, you know, just over threshold, you're doing a variety of different efforts. And what the software d- does is says it accumulates all of these, accumulates the buckets that they fall into. And, is, and they say, well, overall, this particular um, uh, uh, ride or, or race falls in the category of five-minute power. In other words, the ratios of the work that you did would be equivalent to what you would be experiencing during a five-minute effort. Yeah, okay. now I'm with you. And, and I seem to remember that you have a blog post on this with a with a chart. And I think it would be helpful if uh, if possible if we could post that in the show notes to show this visually mm-hmm. for, for the listeners. Yeah, and and I think that so so it's really hard. You know, you when you did when you do zones, you kind of do this in, inherently in the zones. Zones are very specific. This is the power you hold, and 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 you know you do intervals basically to those zones. But in a race, in, in these kind of very variable environments, then what we've been able to do is to categorize what the overall training effect is of that variable uh, effort, and to then compartmentalize and assign to the overall effort, how much work is being performed against each individual system. And then we classify it so it becomes easier to understand. You say, okay, this particular cyclocross race is a five-minute breakaway specialist. So if I'm going to train for it, I want to train at that same um, kind of specialty, that same focus, because the, the work that's being performed in the race is equivalent so, so, so that's kind of what the purpose behind the focus is, is to provide a way in which you can identify and measure and quantify how much strain is involved in a particular type of race. Yeah. yeah okay. So now I, I have some homework to do. I will need to go back into and look at my, my races from last season and find out their focus and, and then start designing some workouts. So, mm-hmm. uh, so because you fa- so, okay. Uh, what's What's the workflow then when you when you go and do those workouts? You have some ready-made workouts in your library, and it's also possible to create custom workouts using these parameters. So we have found our target focus based on our mm-hmm. past rate and so on. So mm-hmm. what's the next thing that we do? Yeah, so that would be it. So the part of what uh, what we've done is to say, well, you're training towards a particular focus. So if you determine that a focus is a 20-minute power race, for example, well, then as you move closer and closer to the event, you want your training efforts to be closer and closer to your 20-minute power. So you'd be performing more intervals at that, at that particular um, uh, interval power range. So, so the idea is that you may not necessarily do all your training right at a particular focus, you know, part of the periodization that we see is that, you know, you may start your base training and you do more endurance, but as you move closer and closer to your event, 
you're going to focus your efforts more precisely on the efforts needed during that race. So you're going to be able to identify that this particular race is going to require five-minute power. So up until in your peak phase of your training program, you're going to be focused on five-minute power. Yeah, and what I meant was actually when, let's say I'm in a phase now, I'm in my race-specific phase, close to the race, and I want to do a, a workout that's exactly, let's say, 15-minute focus or something. I don't know what mm -hmm. the like a draft legal triathlon might be maybe something like that well so so how do i then i can can i go and pick i can go and pick a workout that's uh, where which has a focus that's close to that but can i also plan my own workout by saying to the system that i want to have a, a workout with a 10 minute focus and then it makes it for me somehow or or how does that workflow when i when i want to pick or create a workout in the system that uh, that matches my target focus how does that work well you can certainly just choose a workout that has that particular target focus so there's a number of different variables as part of your decision in terms of what training you want to perform whether it's duration or the duration of the workout or the focus of the workout and difficulty things like that that we measure but you typically will look for workouts within the particular category that you're looking for but if you're designing a workout what we've done within the designer is we've been able to identify specific you know, um, what we call mean maximal power ranges. So if you say that you want to practice your five minute power, you can go into the designer and design an interval that says, I'm going to do five minute power interval. And what the software will do is it'll determine your specific five minute interval power at that moment using your given fitness signature parameters determines your five minute power and then sets the power target to that power number so you can then go in and create your own workouts say i'm going to do intervals at five minute power and the system will automatically calculate what those numbers are for you and that again is one of the beauties of our kind of real-time ride-by-ride -ride analysis of of your fitness is that um, you know these workouts are every time they're customized to your specific efforts and your capacity and uh, they're updated essentially ride by ride so you there's no longer a need to well the last time i tested was five weeks ago i'm going to assume that my you know my fitness is still the same and i'm going to do my zones according to that you know it the the fitness is constantly being updated and all of your workouts in no matter what focus that you choose is automatically updated based on your unique signatures of the threshold power of your high intensity energy and also your peak power yeah and, and another cool feature we can't obviously go into everything here but one thing that i found interesting was that you can use your mpa to for example, determine recovery so that you will allow your MPA to get back to, to for, say, let's say ninety percent of, uh, mm -hmm. of its peak, and or you can choose any number really depending on the type of workout you want to do. So, so you don't have to say that put some arbitrary time like one minute or two minutes that we tend to do, <laughs> and I mm -hmm. certainly do it do it one hundred percent of the time, but we can actually choose like to let it get back up to 90 percent of mpa and we'll get the recovery time that's something like 47 seconds and uh that's what we go with so so it's very advanced mm -hmm. and and it looks really cool yeah uh, just to jump in uh, on that point it's it's i think that's one of the again the absolute unique things that we have is is that ability to customize not just the the 
on efforts of your intervals, but also the recovery. And as you know, there's a difference in recovery between just really soft pedaling and not not putting any power into the pedals versus I'm still recovering at 150 or 200 watts. So uh, that what what we can do is is develop um, workouts that is based on you know that fatigue mm. rather than strict time in zone. So, you know, if you go harder during recovery, well, your recovery is going to take longer. And, mm-hmm. and whereas if you were just coasting, then the recovery will be shorter. And there's certainly scientific evidence out there that time-based recovery is not optimal compared to, uh, I know this is an older study, but it was comparing a time-based recovery versus a heart rate based recovery and exert really takes this to the next level that study showed that the heart rate recovery was better than a time-based recovery and and this really allows that customization of a coach being able to design a workout based on fatigue uh, during the on efforts and also during the recovery yeah that's it's really cool i want to get into your you have a a beta uh, version uh, as well now mm-hmm. for the training uh, train adaptive training advisor i think it's called mm-hmm. uh, so can yes. you talk about that yeah well um you know this is uh sort of a, a culmination of a, a lot of things that we've been up to where we introduce a fitness planner and we called it the fitness planner because it was able to actually um you can use it to plan out what your numbers will going to be your fitness numbers threshold hie high intensity energy and peak power and plan those out into the future. Um, so one of the things, I guess, that has enabled this to happen... And, and just, just to jump, uh, Armando, sorry to jump in here, but, but I want to point out how how important this is and how big this is that that you can actually, when you sit down and plan, uh, if you're a self-coach athlete or you're a coach listening to this and want to plan the training of your athletes, you can plug in your, say, next four-week block and plug it into the calendar and you will see what your fitness signature will be after that block and and uh, actually see what the results of your training will be if you execute the training according to the to the plan. So, I mean, I think that's that's a very, very important thing and a very, very big thing, yeah. big step forward in training. I, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I think what's what's made this happen is really two things, right? So the first thing that the system is able to do, and we talked about this earlier, is is to give you a higher frequency in terms of assessments of your fitness. So rather than having to test every month or every two months or sometimes even never, people just don't like to test. So you really don't have any kind of a perspective of where you are from a fitness standpoint or having to use three months or six months worth of data uh, through a, a process to determine your fit, what your fitness numbers are, what your you know threshold number is, as an example. This is kind of what's currently done what we've been able to do is determine what your fitness is on a weekly, you know, bi-weekly, sometimes multiple times per week, we're getting a track on what your fitness is. So th- this is creating a lot of really uh, rich information that is telling us where your numbers are at any given moment in time, week by week. Now, we, when we take that information and we map it to your training loads, say, well, how much training have you been doing? And because we're now matching, we're measuring training load across three different systems. So we don't have one training load. We have three, one for each fitness signature parameter. 
what turns out, which is pretty amazing, and it just kind of proves. Let, let, me, jump, let me jump in here yeah. again, just to make sure that everybody's with us. So those three systems again are threshold, high intensity energy, and peak power. Uh, so I want to make that clear because uh, yeah. this is uh, quite a lot of information. So so just wanted to make that clear. No, I appreciate, so go on. I appreciate that. So we have so because we're dividing up all the strain you're doing into these three systems. What it turns out is that when we look at training loads across these three systems, training loads pretty much are linearly correlated to your actual fitness numbers. So when we calculate your lower training load, which is your training load that's being applied to your threshold power, the overall training load that you have accumulated can be is linear to your actual threshold power. So what that means is that if we know what your relationship is, and the software does this for you under the covers, it determines the relationship between training load and your, and your threshold, as an example. It does that under the covers. When you then say, I'm going to do all this training, and this training equates to so much training against your, your threshold power, it then says, oh, we expect your threshold power to go up by 5 watts as a result of that training. So it's all based upon your data. It's all based upon the um, fitness signatures that you've expressed in your data over time and where your training load was when you performed those particular, um, uh, when, you, when you expressed those particular fitness signatures. So that's the foundation of all of the math behind how we, how we determine this. And then in the fitness planner, as well as now in, in, the, in the training advisor, we're able then to project out and say, if you do this training, this is where we expect your numbers to be. So the fitness planner allows you to kind of do it yourself. You kind of can map out your own training program. The training advisor is, is one that it kind of does some, uh, some calculations and tells you, makes you rec some recommendations uh, for you at any given moment in time. So it looks back at your uh, previous training and your previous um, um, efforts and training loads and then says, based upon those, this is where we think you should be training at, uh, at, on, on a given date. So the training advisor is, is kind of exciting in the sense that it's going to be fully adaptive. Um, so when I, you know, wake up in the morning, it's going to look back and see, you know, what's my current freshness level? What's my current training load? What's my current tolerance for, for fitness? What's my current focus? And accumulates all this information based upon that ranks all of our workouts and then says you know here are four workouts that you should be doing today yeah yeah and uh, but the other really cool thing just to jump back in there uh michael with the with the fitness planner one of the neat things that you can do is uh, is experiment either as a self-coached athlete or as a coach with your with your fitness and try different things of, well, what would happen if I did instead of, of two hard efforts a week, what if I did kind of five hard efforts a week? What would that impact kind of on my fitness and fatigue levels in the next week's following? So you can really experiment a lot with different kind of training ideas. What if I did a lot of this particular type of efforts and focus my training uh, that way, and how is that going to impact my fitness in all three signature levels? And uh, so it allows you to really predict ahead of time what is my fitness and my fatigue uh, going to be without necessarily having to actually trial and error try all these different 
different uh, efforts, which might take you years to accumulate that knowledge. You can really try, you know, and just, uh, you know, model your fitness without necessarily having to do them. And then based on that, choose kind of the best uh, program for you or your athletes that you're coaching. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, it. It, it would be really easy to get hooked on that, <laughs> definitely. Uh, and uh, as I said, I've been using it, and uh, and I'm starting to get hooked on it, and and I can see myself using it, using it more and more. Uh, with the training advisor, what I want to to mention as well is that it takes into account some some input parameters, like when your target uh, race, your target event is, and what it is, or and what kind of of athlete you want to be do you want to be a time trialist or do you want to be a sprinter and those sorts of things to to tailor it to those goals as well mm -hmm. as well as some uh, improvement rates and uh, you can for example put that you want to be more in a maintenance mode or or you want to have an aggressive improvement rate and, and those sorts of things so so it's not just it's not just the the input from the training that you do but it's actually some 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 boundary constraints around it that that you can input yourself based on what you want to achieve yeah and i, uh, I, I steven do mm -hmm. so, sorry i was just going to ask mm -hmm. steven if, if you have anything to add about the uh the training advisor well again i think the training advisor is really you know useful for a lot of athletes who you know Simply put, they just want to know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I'm sure you as a coach just get athletes like, I don't need to know all the theory. Just tell me what I need to do tomorrow and the next week. And the, the training advisor really is, uh, is a way to just get, you know, it's, it may not be the absolute optimal um, kind of training that a coach can really adapt day to day for example, and really tweak to a super fine level, but it'll get you 90, 95% there to an optimal training path. So for a lot of self-coached athletes and, uh, you know, and it, it'll give you a starting template of what to, what to do. And uh, that's really one of the values of it, not having to necessarily guess, well, is this going to be the best plan or not? You know, this will give you, you know, what, what the model suggests is a near optimal plan that you can use as a template and you can still then go and tweak as you as you wish both as a as a self-coached individual and also as a coach itself you know that's that, that's a really good point you know i think what's been really interesting in the development of the training advisor is that a lot of the best practices that you see good coaches great coaches you know provide for their for their athletes are coming out kind of naturally in the engine itself. I'll give you an example, right? So if you choose a, uh, an, uh, an improvement rate that is aggressive or extreme, um, so you say, I want to I I really ramp up my fitness. What's interesting is that that effort, that, that training level isn't sustainable. In other words, you can't just continue to increase at, at a very high rate ad infinitum. At, at some point, your 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 uh, fatigue level, your uh, your tiredness is just going to be so high that you're going to need time to recover. So you're going to need a, a week or so just to allow your 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 uh, uh, your, your your ability to your freshness to return, so that you can continue to train again. And this is normal. So you see, this is this is standard best practices. You do three weeks on, you do week one week off. An example, you know, and that's how you do your training. 
Well, what's interesting is the training advisor does this inherently. So there's no, uh, uh, we're not, you know, we're, 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 we didn't create these models. We didn't create the training models in the software. We just created the rules by which we felt that people would be training by and what, and, and what, how, uh, when and where they would be able to perform various efforts based upon their freshness levels. And as a result, all of these things sort of came out automatically. So, so that's the what I think to be most most amazing thing about the the training advisor is just how well it maps to already well known best practices when it comes to training. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, for any coach listening, what what I'm doing is I'm following this very closely because I think it's you can learn so much. As Stephen said, at least personally, I don't see it as replacing coaches. I hope so at least, uh, but uh, but definitely there's a lot that coaches and athletes self-coach athletes can learn from it obviously self-coach athletes can take it directly and it can be a near optimal plan as you as you said but but definitely what i'm doing now is i'm, fo- I'm following this and and seeing what comes out and seeing if it uh trying to see if it matches up with with what my best guesses would be and and that sort of thing so so i think it's uh, useful on a variety of of levels yeah absolutely and um, i mean this the training advisor is certainly not meant to replace coaches. It's really meant as a as a boon to coaches to you know, in essence, like you say, to kind of see well, you know, it and what I suggesting is it also matching or you know, it's kind of validating the coaches in terms of is is what I'm doing kind of um, you know really. Uh, the best path forward for my athletes and also it allows um, you know kind of that confidence for coaches to say yeah this this does match the athlete and I can tweet start tweaking it and optimizing it from there yeah Armando uh, one final question before Mm -hmm. we move into the rapid fire questions Uh, what's uh, what does the future look like for for excerpt what do you have on your roadmap yeah, so you know, I, I think in the short term, we're likely going to see things like, and you know, we've discussed these on our on our forums and on our Facebook user groups. They've all been familiar with some of these some of these things that we're planning. And one one of them is in the area of longer term uh, recovery um, and long term fatigue. What that means is that uh, over the course of a long uh, event, you're gonna you're gonna see a degradation of your fitness signature. So what you can perform at the start of an event is going to be very different than what you're going to perform at the end of an event. So we have that model in place. We have a way in which we can determine how your signature parameters are affected over a long race. Um, And we simply need to be able to uh, 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 implement these into the software. So these are going to be really good for people like triathletes, uh, like people who are in uh, longer events, um, who are looking to model how their fatigue level is being influenced by these these longer races. So that's kind of what we're we're at in the short term, and in the long term for us, you know, like I was saying earlier, our heritage is really in heart rate, and we're start already starting to invest in some new heart rate models and heart rate modeling. So we feel that we can extend what we've done uh, in terms of modeling uh, training and improvements. Um, when it, and, and apply these to just pure heart rate data. Um, when we can do that, then we can extend some of what we, all these best practices and know-how that we've created and extend them to other sports outside of just cycling and, and running. 
Yeah, yeah. And and that bears uh, pointing out as well, again, that with running, if you have a running power meter, then exert can be used uh, for, for that just as well as, as cycling. So even now, today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay, that wasn't the final question. I was lying. So obviously, we need to ask you about uh, how can how can listeners uh, sign up for exert what's uh, kind of the model the pricing and and so on and and uh, who should consider signing up for it so i, I think anyone who's um going to be training over the winter whether they're using a smart trainer and the power available on a smart trainer or if they have a power meter on their bike should be considering using our software over the over the winter for their their training to get an idea in terms of how are they progressing so using the training advisor over, over the course of, a, of the winter would be very effective. Um, you can use the training advisor for, for example, um, let's say you plan on doing a, a Zwift race or you just plan on just riding in Zwift. So then rather than just riding without any kind of um, goal in mind, the training advisor will be able to give you specific goals that you should be looking to achieve on a day-to-day basis when you're riding, whether those are structured workouts or whether there's completely unstructured activities that you're performing over 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 training over your, over, over the, uh, the the winter training season, and then of course over the over the summer, um, you know, continue to use the software, use the software on your garments on and uh, tracking your fitness on a day-to-day basis as well as you're racing and, and riding it over the summer. So we do see it as a as a full year. Uh, platform used in training over the winter, as well as monitoring your fitness and performance at, over the summer. Um, the costs are uh, $9.99 US for, per month uh, on a monthly basis, or $99.95 on uh, on a yearly basis. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I can I can recommend it, and I will definitely. I look forward to keep learning more about it because I've just been scratching the f- surface so far. But uh, yeah, very very impressed with with the work that you you guys have done. So the rapid fire questions, uh, I'll ask them of you, Armando, because Stephen has mm-hmm. already answered them when he when he was on the podcast previously. Mm-hmm. So, what's your favorite book, blog, or resource related to cycling, triathlon, or endurance sports? Um, yeah, uh, my friend uh, Ray Maker um, is uh, does a fantastic job. Like I think he really gets it and really understands the impact that. Uh, technology has on uh, on uh, on athletes and on training so uh, he's done a very good job in terms of expressing how our software fits in um and so i have to say that and he i think he provides a very good resource for people you know if you're looking to get information about exert i'd certainly recommend you kind of re- uh, looking at his reviews um uh, very uh you know i've had the opportunity to uh ride uh with him on several occasions and uh just an overall great guy as well so uh definitely uh i'd say a dc rainmaker would be the place to go yeah I, i'm i'm going to make this not so rapid fire but actually yeah i have to point out here that that's a very good point about like trying to seeing how certain things that technology can can benefit an athlete is uh, is always important whether you're an athlete and a coach obviously we talk and i talk about the importance of of keeping the focusing on the right things and so in some cases for some athletes they might maybe overly focused on gear and technology and analyzing their training as opposed to actually training and i've had many many email conversations with with uh, listeners where i have been saying that it seems like you're actually not focusing on what you should be focusing on which is your training but at the same time definitely i think that 
the day that we stop continuing to evolve and learn and develop and using new tools that become available, that's that's the day that we start to stagnate. So you need to always stay stay on top of what's happening and 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 being on the lookout for new things that can help you improve. Because uh, I mean, it's the same thing as when power meters first came out; they were t- total new, and people were laughing at uh, at people and, and with the com- computers for that matter. There's mm. only going to be five personal computers in the world <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's the most need there's ever going to be. Was a statement that was famously said at some point in time when the computer was first de- developed. So. So uh, I think that that that's something that that is very important. All right, uh, let's. Um, I'm stepping down from the soapbox and uh, mm-hmm. asking next question. What's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? Well, uh, <laughs> I guess I would have to kind of probably lean towards uh, the heart rate monitor and the power meter. You know, I think uh, these are the foundations on on which everything that we've have developed has has been built on. So, um, you know, these are the two devices that uh, are going to pervade our training and how we train over, over, uh, over the coming years. So, you know, for me, those are really the two, two pieces of technology and equipment that it really everyone should have. You kind of answered this already, but uh, if I ask you to pick another person, then who's somebody in cycling, triathlon or endurance sports that you look up to and ad- admire? Well, I would have to say my counterpart here, Stephen Chung. He's, uh, you know, um, you know, like Ray Maker, Stephen Chung really understands this. Right? He appreciates and understands the opportunity. Um, I think that's why we have such a great relationship, um, and that there's so much motivation to kind of do so much with what we have. So, you know, I really look, I really look up uh, to Stephen. Um, I really appreciate everything that he's brought to, uh, to the company. And, uh, I think, um, yeah, you know, uh, he is, uh, very knowledgeable and, um, um, and like I was saying, you really can see the, the potential and the vision of the software. So, uh, definitely Steven. Yeah. And, and anybody that wasn't written into our partnership. Anybody who hasn't listened to to Stephen's uh, interview on on the show on cycling science, uh, go back and listen to that. It's episode, what was it, seventy six or something? You'll find it on that draft. Seventy five and seventy six. Yeah, yeah seventy five and seventy six. You'll find that on that show dot com. And uh, we talked about it briefly with Stephen that they were among the most well received episodes that that I've ever done. Tons of positive feedback for them. So, so yeah, highly recommended. Right, so so where do people find out more about you? Which social media channel channels and and where do they go to sign up for and try try out Exert? Um, yeah, so uh, to sign up for Exert, you can go to www.exertonline. That's a one one whole word. Uh, exertonline.com, um, and you can register there. You'll see all of our information on our corporate website, which is www dot baron um and you'll should read through our blogs which are pretty informative um we have a very vibrant user community on facebook so it is the exert users group um uh and you can search for it on their facebook and join um great discussions lots of great uh comments coming from our users about the mpa analysis and now the training advisor uh, great discussions going on there. So uh, those would be the key, the key resources that I would be looking at. 
Yeah, and, and YouTube. You have great YouTube videos as well. But everything will be linked up in the show notes on that triathlonshow.com. So great. go and check you. them out. And, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, have a try. Try it out for, for a month at least. Uh, so I think that it's... Uh, it's a brilliant software. So yeah, definitely recommend it. Thank you. So All right, much. Stephen, Stephen and Armando, this has been uh, a great pleasure and really, really great to learn more. And uh, I finally got uh, that focus thing figured out, how it really works. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Michael. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. It's been fun. Hope you enjoyed that episode and I think that some of those things that we talked about towards the end in that rapid fire question segment is very important to highlight. Never let data and analytics stand in the way of uh, actually doing the training required, but realize that used right. If humanity had always stuck with doing things the way they used to be done, you doing things that were old and familiar, we'd be stuck in the Stone Age. We'd never have things like power meters or triathlons for that matter. So you can be both uh, staying on the front edge of things and learn new things, but still be focused really on executing your training and knowing that that's the bullseye that you need to always keep in mind. And uh, with that said, I am an Exert user myself. And even though, as I said, I'm still very much a learner and it's very early days for me of this platform. But uh, this, is, uh, this is a software that has my big, big stamp of approval for anybody who has an interest in training smart, effectively, and learn more about your fitness and physiology. There's so much that you can learn by using this. So as I said, you will find comprehensive show notes as usual on thattriathlonshow.com. We'll have screenshots and some more takeaways and things like that that you'll find useful. If you have any questions, uh, send me an email to michael at scientifictriathlon.com or tweet me on Twitter where my handle is at scitriat. And by the way, when you hear this episode, it will be December the 21st. And in Scandinavian countries, Christmas is celebrated. The main date is the Christmas Eve on the 24th of December. So uh, since I'm... A proud Finn, Swedish-speaking Finn. I want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, I will have an episode, which is my Christmas gift to you on Christmas Day. Because it's a Monday, and as usual, the podcast will keep coming out on Mondays and Thursdays, Christmas Day or not. And I might wish you a Merry Christmas then as well. But uh, I want in advance to do that, because the 24th, as I said, is the day that I will be my primary Christmas celebration day. And I will be spending that in Finland with my family. It will be great. I'm looking forward to that as uh, great as it is to be here in Lisbon living here now uh, that episode that you'll hear on Christmas Day by the way is with Brendan Scott an Australian researcher in blood flow restriction training which is an emerging way of making both resistance training and endurance training potentially even more effective so listen to that that's my Christmas gift for you and if you want to give me something to enjoy this Christmas then I would say that telling all your triathlon friends about this podcast would be the way to go to do so and uh, so yeah I re really appreciate you spreading the word about this podcast if you enjoy it uh, please help me get it out to a bigger triathlon audience as much as you can if you know somebody who is uh, a beginner triathlete, I know you're probably not a beginner athlete since you've been listening this far into 
this technical episode. But if you know somebody who's more on the beginner side of things, I have quite a few beginner triathlon training plans now available on scientifictriathlon.com slash plans. So if you don't have any gifts for them yet, then consider getting them one of these plans. These aren't your typical generic plans. And I know that because I've bought and researched all sorts of the other generic plans that you can find on the internet. Uh, If you take the amount of work and effort that I put into this podcast and you double or triple it, that will give you some idea of what went into the the creation of these plans. So I think that your beginner friends or family members would be in good hands with one of those plans if if you're still looking for something to give to them for Christmas. And it's very affordable as well. So check it out on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash plans. Finally, thank you so much again to Precision Hydration for sponsoring this episode. Whether you're training in the heat in the southern hemisphere summer or are stuck inside on the trainer, you will be sweating and staying hydrated is key to keep that performance up. Make sure you use the discount code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, for 15% off their products that are designed for optimal hydration and optimal performance. It can't be stressed enough how important hydration really is. Merry Christmas to Andy and Dave at Precision Hydration. I really appreciate you guys and how I've gotten to know you over the last half a year or so since Andy first got on the show. So Merry, Merry Christmas, Andy and Dave. Thank you, as always, for listening, everybody. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon. Triathlon.